0: Jenny Campbell might not be able to pick a favorite client, but she absolutely has a favorite type. She likes making costumes for those who want to make a scene, people who want to stand out, even when they're surrounded by hundreds of others, all dressed to the nines at a parade, party, or event. A single such ensemble might only ever be worn once, and they can require hundreds of hours to make. So it probably makes sense to aim high and dream big when considering design. You know how much we love that attitude. She really enjoys discovering new materials and maybe even more so when she discovers something that's boring and normal, but which turns out to be perfect for her costume making needs. From creating wearable snow globes to turning some of the Western canon's most beloved paintings into elaborate costumes, it really seems like Jenny can find her inspiration anywhere. In the first part of our conversation, we learned a lot about how materials become available digitally within a museum system. In today's episode, we're going to take a deep dive into Mardi Gras costume, into crews, and into the community of makers and designers who keep their clients elaborately dressed in costume for every holiday and event of the New Orleans Mardi Gras calendar, which has some 52 parades a year. No wonder Jenny is so busy and so in love with her making life.
1: I think this might be a little bit more about the costume designer side of your career and what we see behind you, all the fun, all the fun materials and colors and <laughs> what looks like a really saucy headpiece. Yeah, right? I if it's here or if it's silver, but either way, it's very fancy. This is...
2: I I chose this as one one of my favorite pieces, and I also did a piece similar to this for a Mardi Gras crew, which she wore the costume at the ball and on the float, in a carnival float. This is actually made out of aluminum roof flashing. Wow. (laughs) So it is extremely light. It is definitely metal. But that, it just happens to be one of the things that I like doing is finding new materials that perhaps someone else hasn't used and what I'm lucky with here and I think with most costumes too unless you get into theater costumes where they're pulled out of storage altered for the the current actor and and then put back into storage but all of these pieces are like worn once maybe twice and that's it so do you get
3: them back or do they keep them or how these it's just probably
2: a variety. There's a variety. There is a variety of where they go. Everyone has a, a massive costume closet <laughs> and either... I have one of those. Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy to hear. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, so think about that. Every, every year, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of costumes are worn a couple of times. And then sometimes people might add more to it or take elements out of it. Like the Black Masking Indians, they take elements out. So they're not wearing the same thing every year, but they take the feathers out. So, it, yeah, I, I just, I I try to use unusual fabrics. The person might not be comfortable, but wearing a costume is not comfortable. It's not about comfort. If it was comfort, you'd be wearing your pajamas,
1: right? Absolutely. <laughs> so true, especially with a costume versus yeah, like a functional garment. Is there any particular type of client or project that you prefer? I mean, clearly you're like the queen of Mardi Gras, so looking at your Instagram, that's what I would assume, but is there a particular flavor or type of crew?
2: Well, I'm not the queen there. There are hundreds of extremely talented costumers in New Orleans. We all have a certain thing that we excel in and do things different. There's, there's even some of the society crews, what they wear are more heavy beaded ball gowns and things like that. So it's not so much about costume. My favorite client and my favorite thing to do is just something that's out of the box. Doesn't offend anyone, just out of the box, unique, wonderful. I want people to to see in a different material. That would be great. But also I think my favorite client is someone that goes into it that wants to show it off. They want to show it off. I want to make them happy. I want them to make to make them feel fabulous. I want I want all eyes on them. And I and that's what I want to create for them and I hope that that's the look that they're looking for.
3: Or of the drag Elvis on your page, I love. I love that so much. The that base, was so fun. hair, the huge cloak, but it's a fall down and it's like, it's a costume, but I, I don't know that I mean, I'm not sure that's happened someplace, but I, I loved it. It's like, it's so much fun. It's so beautiful. And then there's another one that you have of this a person that got this giant black fan. one with like Francesca Casati and like airface. <laughs> This giant, beautiful, and I—I I mean, I can still so see the presentation like in my head. Something going down, music playing, <laughs> walking, and it looks like so much fun. It just looks like joy. I mean, like decadent joy, which we all need so much. more.
2: <laughs> it, it is great, but it's also the unique thing about it down here is it is it is an economic driving force down here. New Orleans depends so much on the economy of Mardi Gras keeping so many people employed, it's just, it, it, it keeps us going. It really keeps us going. So during the years we didn't have it with COVID, it was devastating. I'm sure. So what is it like then, I guess?
1: Let's say you have a new client. How
3: does, how does a new project start? Some I mean, calls or who they are, they've been referred to you?
2: and Well, usually they come to me if they see something a style that I like. I am honest if someone comes to me and I know a colleague that can do this better and it's more their style, I will definitely pass them along. But if they see things that that I do and their ideal matches up with with what my qualifications are and what what talents I have, then then yeah, then we then we we discuss it. Budget is a is a, a major concern. We discuss that first. <laughs> and then Because sometimes if you're only wearing it a couple of times, you might not want to spend thousands of dollars on it. So we go with that. And then I, I have to get something out of it, too. It has to be I have to put myself into it. Not so much that I'm taking the identity away from this, but I want a portfolio piece on everything I create. I want something that I'm proud of. I want something that I can show off. So if there's a meeting of the minds with that, then we go ahead with that. Then we start measurements. I start with measurements and then I create either just aligning. We'll go with that and then do alterations. Everything is altered altered multiple times. So everything is a custom fit. That's another reason why there's not a lot of resale on costumes because everything's custom made for everyone. So we go with that. And if if there's, I'm just like always looking for the wow factor. If there's lights I can add to it. I want a costume that has a confetti cannon in it. I just want there's there just always has to be something. (laughs) And a lot of times in the slow time, I'll create costumes for myself. One to show off that if I learned a new skill that I can do this just to show that I can do this now or two, just to, to create what I really, really want. So sometimes I march in some parades. Give me a deadline and a theme, and that's 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 inspiration <laughs> I, I need.
3: Oh, yeah, you, you get that. I both. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that clock is ticking in the back of your head. There's,
1: no, there's one. oh yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: uh, the cool mistress, but works.
2: <laughs> I know you you have to have it, and even if you have more than enough time, you find that's the only time I get my house clean is when I have way more than enough time and i am me working on a costume.
3: Absolutely,
2: I'm figuring organized. <laughs> <laughs> in, will be done.
3: <laughs> oh. made a week in
2: advance. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Keep I me busy I have to clean. <laughs> <laughs> was to be right over here. Can you
3: tell us the story of the pieces behind you? Could you tell us like how did that did the client. Well, but that was that one of the pieces we made This here? is something
2: so, I wore, and this is because we don't have enough reasons to celebrate in in New Orleans. This is Midsummer Mardi Gras. I made this for, and awesome. this is the six month kickoff to Mardi Gras Day, and so it's usually unbearably hot. And this this was me. This was created for me, and I wore this, and I don't even remember what the theme was. The themes are usually pretty broad, so you can do whatever you want to do, but. I just wanted to use the uh, aluminum roof flashing again. And the other piece that I did it was wings, but they were different. They were out and they did not move. And so this was just a challenge for me. And this is why I made this. That's amazing.
3: I think it's awesome. Maybe that piece. I your saw seeing Somebody who I don't know if it was the same.
2: Uh, yeah, the other one is turquoise and silver. Okay. And this, this one, and then another thing that I like doing, and then since this was for myself is at the end of Mardi Gras, I'm left with a disaster of a studio and tons of leftover pieces of scraps, scraps. And so I always challenge myself to go through those scraps so they don't end up in a landfill. And so this was also using uh, the, the leftover scraps of a previous costume.
3: That's um, neat, that's like, you're refreshing. You're refreshing. I
2: just think that you're sitting here, you're going to refresh. still summer. That's got to be, I mean, even if it's not heavy. I... It's unbearable. <laughs> it's unbearable it <laughs> for everyone. It's I mean, insane. this one this year is August 20th. You just, oh my God. How many Mardi
3: Gras events are there in a year? I mean, I don't think that I know about the summer. And it's the Mardi Gras. It is just it's too
2: many to count. <laughs> it really it's, is. That's interesting. It's, I think there's... I I live in the area where most of the parades are. So I think there's, I think there's 52 parades that go past my house, which means I can't move my car for 10 days. So there's, (laughs) yeah. And then of course there's Halloween parades and Easter parades and St. Patrick's day parades. And there's, there's always, always a reason to, if if you come here and think you can do everything you can't, so you got to pick and choose customs, things that you want to make costumes for and, and then go with that.
3: Is Halloween a particularly busy time of year for
2: you? Is that... Not really. I can do maybe a costume for myself and for one other person. By Halloween, I'm usually into Mardi Gras. How long does it take to make a a Mardi
3: Gras? I mean, obviously it's going to
2: change. Yeah, I mean, I think the most I ever spent was about 300 hours on something.
1: Wow. Wow. That's a king cake. (laughs) (laughs)
2: That's what gets me through so so much thinking. Now the secret.
1: <laughs> I, I was secretly wondering this whole time. I was like, if you live on a steady diet of king cake, because if I lived yes. in New Orleans, I would.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> my my one of my dearest friends. Um, She's my teacher. She'll always be my teacher. She's a friend now, though. She grew up in New Orleans, and my daughter, who's six, had her first king cake at her birthday this year. Her birthday's in February, and I probably get to watch my friend like jam little little <laughs> into the right piece. So, my daughter I get it. She was so happy. Oh. So magic
2: if a thing. <laughs> it is okay. good. It is magical. It, it, it's just, it's not good it for is. you, but you're already starting in the season of doing things that aren't good
1: for you. So <laughs> It's good for your soul. <laughs> I will never forget my first king cake. I had a mm-hmm. monk or cousin that lived in New Orleans and would send like a huge box with a huge king cake every year up to Connecticut with the beads and all the whole nine yards. So I love my king cake.
2: You have great family members. (laughs) What you're saying about already by Halloween, I mean, not only are there balls and and parades that costumes are made for, but also depending on the crew, there might be coronations, there might be queen dances, there might be tea parties, there might be there. It it just goes on forever. (laughs) There's always a reason for the crews to get together and and have a good time. I like that though. It seems like it's
3: really community-based. And I could see something like this going really quickly to a classroom contest I and mean, it doesn't seem like that at all. I mean, we're in this like, weird reality TV world, which has some is and has some my life that it seems to be about celebrating as a group. It's not about look at me on the best. It's about look at all of us together doing this.
2: You actually are so right in that it is not a competition. There might be some it might be a friendly competition. But it is just everyone getting together for one goal, and that is to have a great carnival season. Years ago, there was some costume contests, and there's still, there is a costume contest called the Bourbon Street Awards on Mardi Gras Day on, on Bourbon Street. But generally, people don't try to hand out awards for, for things that people put so much time and so much effort into. You said a few minutes ago
3: about referring business to someone that really does need or whatever particular thing referring it to them which makes me feel like it has to be reciprocated it seems like you know the people who do this work it it has to be a pretty good it
2: is no it it definitely is i mean we new orleans is such a tight-knit community and even without mardi gras even taking mardi gras away from it we all look out for each other like we're in the middle of hurricane season right now of course we're going to look out for each other so there's (sighs) We're always looking out for each other. We always want the best for everyone. Mm -hmm.
3: That's not something you can say about every facet of all of these industries that we are connected to. Is there a particular commission piece you would tell us the inception story of? Maybe something that was a particular challenge or that you got to learn some weird, fun, amazing skill?
1: We're a favorite material.
3: big dreams, big goals. And I think a lot of us find inspiration in the work of others, that's where
2: that comes from. I think my, my biggest aha moment and the one that I get the most joy out of, and again, you just don't know where inspiration is gonna hit you. I was attending an event at the American Visionary Arts Museum up in Baltimore and walked past their trash area. And there were all these beautiful, clear, big plastic bubbles. And the first thing that came to my mind was, wow, that would, that would be one hell of a snow globe. And I figured out how to do it. So if you've seen on my Instagram, I've made headpieces that are working snow globes. I'm not really that inclined (laughs) mechanically. I don't know how I figured it out, but I did. And so they obviously lend themselves to more of a winter costumes, which luckily there are Christmas parades down here. But my first one that I made, it was for a parade up in Baltimore. And it was a working snow globe headpiece. And I've made a couple of those and and have worn those. And so I, I just get joy out of that. And also, I think bringing the Christmas aspect of it, too, when kids see you, I thought that kids would be terrified of I me. Mean, I'm like seven foot tall and five feet wide. <laughs> <laughs> but they see the magic. They see the magic and they come up and tell me what they would like Santa to bring them and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: I do here. Does the, the stuff inside move? There's a the Christmas one here. It looks like there's snow on um, Yes.
2: So there's a fan underneath there. Okay. Uh... It and it lights up and it, it constantly blows. Yeah. So it's a it's a snow.
1: So kind of like those inflatable lawns. because I've seen the lawn yes, one. Yes. where It's got the fan and it's like styrofoamy. Yeah. Yep. Or yep. That's Very cool. Oh, is it heavy? I'm just thinking like <laughs>
3: logistics
2: here. Actually, it's not. It's really not that heavy. The the main thing is, and then when you when you get into these bigger costumes, you're always worried about the weight and something that in your right. hand doesn't seem like that much, but then when you put it on your back, nice. it's not used to it. So it's all, it's all about the balance. It's all about the balance. And you can put a lot of weight on someone if it's balanced properly. And with those headpieces, it's all about the balance. And so by the end of the night, my neck is just so sore. from like no. Just constantly trying to balance this and not tip over. <laughs> oh, my God. It's wonderful, though. I mean, and I don't know
3: that I would have either, ever
2: thought of that. How do you, what do you use to the actual globe? Well, now you can't get them anymore. That's that's the horrible part. Is they they were key kegs, like <gasps> oh wow, microbrewing mm-hmm. when they yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 And so these these were left over from a party, and so then I I got as many key kegs as I possibly could, and so I still have a few that I'm tr- just holding on for the next right. costume. Yeah. But but like you, Rachel, you never know when an ideal is going to hit you, and so you just got to go with it. If there's, oh, yeah. I'm sure you have I have
3: so many lists. I have lists. of lists.
2: Yeah, I go <laughs> to bed with a notepad and paper because you're going to forget it by the time you wake up. <laughs> but no
3: way, yeah, it, it, it I mean, just I, I
2: it, 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 and I love when that happens. I love, I love when that happens. You just think about it, think about it, and then and then it just you, you don't know when it's going to happen, but when the epiphany hits you. And you just know it. It's the best feeling in the whole entire world. Does this happen to you too, Jonathan?
1: Oh, all the time. <laughs> Either for writing or painting for my art studio. For both. The muse is fickle. And when she decides to show up, you got to run with it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I actually took off last year from costuming. I just, the muse was was being a b- and She just was nowhere to be found. and. I was creating things that people were happy with, but like I said, I was not happy with
3: it. We weren't I was happy.
2: not happy with it. And I, I I I know I should be happy that they were happy, but I just was not happy with what I was putting out. I could not come up with anything that I thought was creative and new. I felt like I was rehashing. I wasn't getting inspiration. And, and, and then I realized I was too hard, hard on myself. I mean, we all went through it major, major upheaval in, in our lives with COVID. And so that, that just has to come through some way. And it may, not, it may not happen for a couple of years for some people, but that is, that is life-changing. So when Absolutely. this filters through, it's, it's percolating. And so it's, it's going to come out in, so, in some way, in a different form or a different way that I represent myself.
1: Absolutely, and I think you touched on a really important point for any young creatives listening. It's okay to step away from your practice if you're feeling like you're not at your best, or there's some. Yeah, I was pretty hard on myself when I moved here to California from the East Coast for my painting be, because I wasn't producing for the first four something months out here. But I realized I needed that separation from my practice to come back to it renewed and rested, and have fresh eyes. I think that's important. And I think, especially for young people right now, given the volume and like velocity of social media, especially for creatives where people are always telling me, oh, why don't you do more content where you show your painting? It takes me right, having to record takes me out of the muse space in and of itself. And I think young creatives now are under this pressure to just always be putting out content, put out more, put out more. And you speak to something so essential, the importance of stepping away, pausing, and then getting yourself as the creator in a space where creating is organic again, and it has that spark that makes your work, your work. You said oh, it so, so well. And it's, it's like
3: food. I mean, you can't work on an empty tank, right? At a certain point, I think that's one of the hardest things that happened to anybody who does anything creative with COVID is at any time that there's a tragedy in the world, I mean, or, Personal or global, I think it's you get drained, and having the, I mean, it's just hard to fill that thing back up sometimes.
2: And it, it could be some fun things too. I'm not saying, I'm but like
3: creating a project and just need to like lie on the floor for a while.
2: Yeah, you just and I, I was surprised it, it took this long actually for me to to do this, but I realized the value in it because I'm I'm not good to anyone unless I'm good to myself. So.
3: That's important. That's yeah. very important. I said, I'm, like Amen. I said, I'm a mom. I'm not taking care of me. I'm not a mom. I'm not.
1: Sometimes. others. Sometimes easier said than done, but important.
2: Yeah.
3: So I'm looking at your picture and I've seen that like, Clint costume. And yeah. I, I love it. And it's super neat. Can you tell us a little about that one? I'm just curious. It's, exactly. it's like a column it's the gold behind and there's cutouts the whole way down it's strapless it, looks like it has like a cape feel to it. it has a
2: headpiece I think that was again what we're talking about is like what inspires you or what, what brings you back to creativity and I think this was a reset for me in that I was resetting back to my work in art museums and so appreciating art and so me just saying this and making a career off of it well, what have I done to appreciate it? So yes, and that, and I did acknowledge that that is where this influence came from, but I just wanted to acknowledge the painting and the artwork and the style. And to be honest with you, just the things that came together were I was researching foam flowers and this site that does, sells things for big gala backdrops and things like that. If you're having a party or a wedding, stuff that you would buy like the centerpieces and stuff and the the stuff that you see hanging off the back they sold it they were selling those as curtains and that hmm. you know, was my first oh, yeah. first thing I thought of was that painting and so I just wanted to make it, awesome. to it yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's lovely,
3: lovely. Uh, I, I was a partner Neil I always love she was a costume dress designer and my costume she was a dress designer and I love I, that that era. I'm just, yeah, I'm a it, for that particular period. Of time.
2: and I got to get to New York to see to see the painting. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that would be
3: magical. See here, get yeah, a couple more questions. There's some people all the time who maybe they want to start making something, they want to start selling something. They have friends, family, community be interested in purchasing from them. Would you have any advice for something like that? You Who's know, starting off making? Or sure. accessories or you know, a costume.
2: I yeah, one I think one thing that's that I really want to emphasize is for anyone starting out in into art is I, I just I remember going to the fine art museums and being so intimidated by the oil paintings and the marbles and things like that because I knew I could never afford that stuff as a medium, even just to create my own artwork. So I what I loved about then being associated with the American Visionary Arts Museum is your sources and your inspiration can come from everything. You you could, you could make an incredible costume out of a brown paper bag. And so whatever you want to make to to sell to people it can be it can come from anything. You, you don't have to go out and spend most of what you think you're going to make on a costume it all goes into supplies. Art and inspiration is is everywhere. And then I think if you're making something one theme is good. We, we touched on that. If you have a theme, you know, if there's, your friends are throwing a party and it's, it's ghost and ghouls or something like that, well, then that just get a feel for it. Make, maybe make one or two pieces and see if your friends are interested in buying them or purchasing them or just wearing them. If you're just starting out, dress your friends up. They're your best advertisement. They love and support you. They're going to show off your work. Better than any professional paid model could. No, it's a very good
1: thing. And there's a rich history of that. Not for nothing. From Saint Laurent. I mean, so many designers, that's, that was what they did. They dressed their friend group. It's, it,
2: and it's also Somewhere surrounding
1: Patrick yourself. Kelly is smiling.
2: <laughs> You're surrounding yourself by your best friends and your biggest supporters. Who wouldn't want to do that? And they're also honest. <laughs> they're also going to tell you the truth about stuff, too. that makes sense to
3: me and i mean i'm just thinking of the world the strange world of social media and i mean that's a great way i mean if someone really likes something they post about it it becomes their friends and
2: family i think another thing to do which i which i wanted to do if i ever ran out of ideals for costumes is find out what day it is it could be national broccoli appreciation day well, make yourself a broccoli costume and go out and stay on the street corner and advertise it. Make your own fun. Oh, I love that. Yeah, make your, make your own fun. And people are going to say, why are you dressed up as a broccoli? And you can tell them that. But there's there's always, I don't care if you're in New Orleans or not, there's always a reason to dress up. Just look at what day it is, find something fun and some way to pull it off and do it. That's
3: important, finding the joy, because I think that's one of the best things about of the work that you do in both arenas and the work that Jonathan and I do, the work that our guests always seem to do is we love our work and it means something and it brings us joy. It's not the thing where you're like counting the minutes until you get to leave the office. It's like, why do I have to stop? Why is all what And there's a richness that's not monetary. There's wealth in there. There's community in there. There's, but I, I'm always looking for ways to share that feeling. How can I help my daughter feel that way? How can we help parents with creative kids grow that sensation? How can we make it easier for communities to help all spectrums of their particular older people, younger people, new people? There's, there's so many ways to find success and there's so many ways to find solutions. And I think what you're saying, find a bond, make a reason. That's fun. That's a little bit maybe anti-the truth that you're supposed to wear when are out in the world, but it gets people talking. It makes people think it's bad enough. I
2: think you really touched on it. We're, we are wealthy in other ways. We, we are, and we are wealthy in ways that other people just can't even imagine. We see beauty that other people don't, and we create beauty where some people can't. So you cannot put a, you cannot put a price on that. You really can't.
1: No, it's, it's the priceless part of the equation for sure. Yeah. I want to touch on what is perhaps my favorite question to ask anyone and everyone. What is your earliest, like, fashion and costume memory that really, like, you, you can point to and say, oh, my God, maybe this is when I had my first, like, biting of the bug, or when I first realized costume, adornment dress, and body men really connected to me.
2: That's, well, my mom was creative, and so, growing up, we, we were in the, ballet, tap and jazz, the Department of Recreation classes that we took. And so she created the costume. So I've been inspired by her costuming for a very, very long time. I was always went to the fringe, always went to the fringe. So if it was my class that she was making it for, she or it had fringe in it. And I think in fashion sense, the story that my parents always bring up is my mom would always dress me because she would also she also made all my clothes and so she would dress make stuff and dress me up well on the days that my dad had to dress me and let me choose what I was going to wear now of course this is mid to late 60s I always went for fishnets and (laughs) that's my fashion sense (laughs) fringe and fishnets
3: (laughs) It's like yeah. yes. Yes. I
2: love that. but i i think another thing i think would seal the deal and i have to tell this real quick is prom senior prom senior prom there was so much emphasis put on a senior prom i didn't want to go my mom and my aunts wanted me to go they picked out my dress it was a beautiful dress i didn't want to go i was doing it for them the things you do because you love your family well i was dating someone during high school we broke up that was fine the girl that he took to the prom was wearing the same dress i had and that set it <laughs> so i am making my clothes from
1: now on <laughs> this will never happen to me again, this That's what never again.
2: god is my witness <laughs> Oh, that's so horrible! I mean, see if i got my with fishnets, it wouldn't forward. have been a problem. Right. So right. Fringe from... Oh my God! Oh,
1: you could have got a whole flap around. Lots of fringe. I know. I
2: know. <laughs> oh, it's so oh cool. that's I mean, it's so funny,
1: and I guess I don't know. It's I mean, there's so much pressure that we put on
3: ourselves. But we don't even realize we're putting on younger people that we, we purposely put on younger people depending on how you want to look at that and I mean it just seems
2: extra mean if you didn't
3: want to be there in the first
1: place you're trying to be nice with your babies your family have the yeah. shopping trip for yes. sure there's about going on exactly, exactly. yeah <laughs> like that uh, <laughs> prom is hard, hard. Yeah, I got stood up at my prom Oh, am so, so prom yeah, junior prom. Fun times. I had a great time anyway, my friends. But yeah, prom was. Oh. was I had a cute Givenchy. Idea,
2: though
1: <laughs> <laughs> I looked great. Oh.
2: <laughs> That's all that matters.
1: <laughs> no, my my school was very mean. You know, they took our senior photos the morning after junior prom. Oh man.
3: What they were doing there, I guess. <laughs> shots
1: were. Yeah, I think they. Plan- yeah, a lot of people had retake.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: bet. I bet I did. Oh um, the last
3: thing we always always want to ask everybody is for a book recommendation. It could be a book about costuming, it could be about a particular costumer or designer that you're inspired by, an artist. or a book that you love?
2: Well, I mean when I read this question I thought Oh, God, I have to go through all my books and see what one comes across as the most intellectual one, right? (laughs) (laughs) But this has been my favorite book since I read it as a child and will continue to inspire me forever. It brought so much to me. And the book is Alice in Wonderland. Oh, Um, I can see um, see the line uh, right away. Yeah. To if that doesn't expand your imagination and make you believe that anything is possible, and we joke about going down rabbit holes, (laughs) she was the original. Have you
3: ever
2: made a red queen? I've made a black queen, but I have not made a red queen. I've not made a white queen. I've made an Alice. I've made it, yeah, I've made an Alice. I've made a Mad Hatter. On my list, my, my wish list of costumes, of course, is I think that the best, co- well, I don't know. I mean, how can you decide which is the best costume in Alice in Wonderland? But I definitely want to do the Caterpillar on the
1: Mushroom. I was going to say that's oh, my favorite. Yeah. Maybe the, per- the Persian enemy likes the hookah. But <laughs> yeah, I would love a giant caterpillar, especially because I'm short. So I have a, <laughs> I love costumes that make me taller <laughs> because I'm five foot Oh, I could see a giant caterpillar. We could do
2: that. We could most definitely. Yeah, yeah. It just—I just, just think—I just love everything about that book. That so much. It's rich. It's really rich. Yeah, yeah. So that—that's all. It's just always going to be my favorite. I completely
3: understand why it's beautiful. I really like that, and there's so many great editions of that book too. So many illustrators have done versions.
1: Absolutely. Now you got me thinking of unusual Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, yeah. Alice, yeah, like like if someone wanted to be the mirror.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. There's, there's, so, so, you could even be the table that the the, the tea party
1: was set on. Oh, the tea party table. Yeah. 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 Oh, really this is that. So lovely.
3: This is so lovely. I can't tell you how much we appreciate this. It's been so much fun to explore all of this. The yes.
1: Of Thank you so much, Jenny, for joining us. Here on this episode of Little Red Village was wonderful and rich and full of so much information for our listeners. Well,
2: I want to thank you guys and please don't ever stop what you're doing. You're bringing so much to adults and children and just to the world. So please don't ever stop. Thank you and thank you for allowing me to be a part of this.
1: Wow, what a great part two from Jenny Campbell. I'm not sure what's more inspiring, her archival work from part one or her amazing costuming practice. Either way, it's time for today's footnotes on part two. Kicking off today's footnotes, we have an event Jenny mentioned called a Midsummer Mardi Gras. Think of it like Mardi Gras' half birthday that celebrates the year-round hardware crews and others throughout New Orleans put in and signifies the six-month countdown to the big day. For our second footnote... One of the other ways Mardi Gras season kicks off and is celebrated is with an amazing delicacy known as King Cake. It is named for the Three Kings of the Bible and the cake features a tiny baby figure or sometimes just a fava bean. The person who finds it within their slice wins a special prize. King's Cake is served between Three Kings Day, also known as Epiphany, and Mardi Gras. And finally, Bourbon Street. Bourbon Street is perhaps the most famous part of New Orleans the storied area named for the French House of Bourbon in the heart of the French Quarter is the main tourist draw and home to famous bars, entertainment venues, and restaurants. During Mardi Gras, thousands of locals and visitors flood this famous street in celebration. That's all for today's episode. Make sure you check out our website, littleredfashion.com blog for additional resources and information as well as the transcript. And if you can, do us a solid by leaving us a five-star review on the listening platform of your choice. And remember, fashion is for everyone.